Hello, welcome to Journey into an Unknown World. I'm Professor Margaret Rogers Van Koops. I like to be called Dr. Margaret, and you are listening to Web Talk Radio. Well, I've been doing longer shows lately. For years I did a half-hour show, and now I'm doing a one-hour show. And the point of that is that I'd like to share some of the wisdom, awareness that I have in helping you, the listener, to be able to have a more fulfilled and happy life. So my focus in this particular one is going to be about life is what you make it, which I think is rather apropos to the situation where we have the uh, COVID-19 virus that is affecting us all worldwide. We also have bad weather in various places with floods and uh, rain, uh, washing away crops, um, washing away homes. We've had fires that have burned land to the ground. Miles and miles of wonderful trees have been destroyed. We've had uh, ocean tides coming in, causing hurricanes and tornadoes across the land, and the list goes on. In my previous shows, I talked about the ending of the Piscean Age and the beginning of the Great Aquarian Age, some 3,500 years of each age, uh, goes on, and within that we also have um, the internal astrology of 200 to 350 years, depending on the way the Earth is wobbling in terms of our cosmos. So, what I'm saying here, basically, in a nutshell, is we are just on the cusp of being in the Aquarian Age, having let go of the Great Piscean Age, and what we've got here is a wobble, if you like, in the way the Earth is moving. A lot of the planets, Moon, Mercury, Venus, the closed ones, are affecting us emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually, while the outer planets like Saturn, Neptune, are subtly affecting us to think about our new purpose in living life. And as you know, or don't know, so I'll explain, Um, that we are affected by the outer planets generation after generation. So the younger generation right now are under the influence of planets that are up in Capricorn, Aquarius, and those influences are actually allowing them to speak their mind, think about themselves, how they're planning their future. And of course, They do not want things to be the same in the past. So I want to talk a little bit here about the psychological thing that parents go through. When you're rearing a child, you are, as it were, innocent of how to be a mother. So you pull upon the way you, as a mother or a father, um, were taught to behave when you were a child. And since it seemed to have worked or not worked in some way, you still adhere to the idea of rearing your current children in the way that you were reared. That sounds good. It's worked through many generations throughout the Piscean Age, but it's not working for the Aquarian Age because we have moved from 
that energy of this is how it is, this is what you do, these are the rules and regulations, uh, you know, in terms of a country, this is the constitution, these are the bylaws, and so on, to a new time in the Aquarian age, which is, I don't think and feel like a person from the past. I don't want to follow the old constitution laws, I don't want to follow the old rules and regulations, what I want to actually do is be myself and find new ways to express myself. So part of my reason for doing this particular show is to awaken you as a listener to the idea that you don't have to do things in the same way. Now, if I'm looking at uh, mothers and fathers who are in their 40s to 50s, You've been thinking about saving your money so that when you're retired, you're going to be able to settle, settle down, uh, have your nice little nest egg and uh, have your little hobbies and things to do and maybe even make some kind of business uh, mastering your income in, in um, investments or um, having a sideline of something you can do that you enjoy which brings you an added income, but not so much in the throes of the old you that is, I have to work really hard. <coughs> you can hear me coughing here in my throat because I'm the generation that would have taught my children exactly that. When you grow up, you're going to go out there and you're going to be like me, I'm your model, and I'm teaching you the best things I can. And, of course, when we're reiterating our parents to our children, they are saying no. And, of course, as a parent, we don't want our children to say no. We want them to acknowledge our experiences and follow our rules and regulations. So there are a lot of parents right now very frustrated with their children who are clearly very different. So here's a few examples. Um, I'm thinking of a particular client of mine whose child is brilliant. She only has to read, talk, listen to something once. She's absorbed it, all that information and at the same time seems to understand more about what she's read uh, and listened to and has come back with very deep questions to her mother who is astounded at the way her daughter thinks and feels helpless that she has no answers for her because she never learned all these kinds of things that this child is asking questions about. Now what I would point out here, if I make it in you know, a sort of metaphor, is it's like uh, the mother's consciousness is, well, when we were a kid, we used to play dress up and put on mum's dress and plod around in high heels trying to be like an adult. Whereas her child, in this case, doesn't want to do that. She wants to go out and sit in the library and research questions and things that she's got on her mind um, or, you know, talk to her friends on the phone all the time who are equally interested in things about the future. So here, in this particular case, her mother was feeling insecure because she didn't feel she could guide her child in the education that the child desires. And this is a common thing now across the world, whether we're living in a third world country 
or whether we're living in Europe or the Americas. What we're looking at is a whole race of new children being born who have an extra two to three or even four DNA strands activated, which means that they actually perceive themselves entirely differently from their ancestors. However, they're not deleted of ancestry. In fact, it is encoded into their spirit and into their soul vibration. So here, I want to point out that the old Paishian idea was you just get born and you pray to God and hope that one day you'll pass on into the spirit world where you will meet granny, grandpa, and all those who've gone before you. The children being born with the extra DNA strands actually know that they have been watching some seven generations uh, being born and living their lives as spirit entities, knowing that these uh, ancestors who are at that time being born one by one and they're watching it all, are preparing the way for them to come. Now, my spirit guides asked me to write the book Donald Trump, The Enigma of Society, and at the time I was not wanting to write it because I thought it was going to be political. But what I found when I sat down to do it with them was that it was not about um, how he is running our country in America, but rather about his ancestors and how they, by living their American dream, were able to make it possible for Donald Trump to be born in America and to become a president. Had the twist of fate not happened, which was that his grandfather um, was originally German and had come to America seeking his fortune uh, to uh, work under the Canadian vibration and had to uh, become an American citizen in order to do all that, only to go back to Germany, his own country, to re-establish his citizenship as a German, was denied. Um, and so they were forced to leave and return to America. Had that not happened, had Germany accepted his return with all the money he had, and had his marriage to a German woman who was a young girl across the street from his mother's house, had he have not uh, had anyone saying that you need to leave because by marriage he could have stayed in Germany and reared children there, um, it, it wasn't to be because the laws of the country said, no, you have to be out by a certain date. And in fact, his grandfather left making sure that the children that were born were to come into an American life. Now, in the overview, you might say, well, that was lucky for him, but it was planned. Everything is planned. So I want to bring that back to you as a parent, and also if you're a child listening, understand that your mother and father have prepared the way for you to be here in that you have uh, inherited the characteristics in your personality that have come through your DNA but you've also brought with you extra parts of you for the future. So the Aquarian Age is about building a new beginning. So I'd like to talk about that. And if you're listening to me and you're interested in knowing about your ancestry, I can channel that for you because I realize that some 
of you listening do not know your ancestry, you do not know your roots. Others of you do know, but you don't know the personality and character traits that you've inherited. So either way, it can be done. I simply channel it, and uh, you know, if you can't be with me in physical form, then we can do it on Zoom, or I can even do it without you present, because the one is always knows all the answers. And I've done many for many people around the world, and they've often come back and said, oh my goodness, it's so accurate about me, and you haven't met me, so I know that it's not you. Um, so that's available, and if you'd like to contact me, um, you can contact me through easypeasysolutions.org, which will be our new teaching um, uh, site that we're going to use for Zoom. Or you can write to me at Professor P-R-O-F Margaret R-V-C at gmail.com and uh, leave a message for me that you'd like a soul structure coding reading and then I'll get back to you and uh, then we can arrange a time to talk. And I'll do an intake, that will be free and then uh, I'll tell you my price, how much it is to do it because sometimes these uh, in-depth soul structure codings take two to three hours. It depends on the individual. Having done my little picture there, I want to come back to this whole perception that I'm trying to share with you. So if you are able to imagine this, you're watching your great-great-great-grandfather and mother being married, having babies or not being married, depending on the times, and watching them from the spirit world struggling to exist. Maybe they were very poor, maybe they were slaves, maybe they were um, very rich and wealthy and lost all that they had, maybe they became a good business person. And whatever they're doing, in their sense of the time, they would have been moving with the energies of the time, with the beliefs of the time, with the religions of the time, and so on. So if you were thinking about an ancestor born in the 1700s, and if you could fast forward them into our period in time now, they would be absolutely lost because they wouldn't know about electricity, they wouldn't know about mining in the way that we know about it today, uh, fracking and things like that, for example. They wouldn't know about um, antibiotics, just to name a few things. So you can understand that generation after generation is always aspiring to bring some new knowledge, some new wisdom to the earth through their spiritual consciousness uh, connected to their spirit guides. So for example, I often use this with my students that Edison, when he was driven to invent the electric light bulb, would have had no idea what Las Vegas would look like today with all the lights that are everywhere. He would probably have been absolutely astounded that all that could emerge from one little experiment that he was driven to do until he could make a filament glow. And of course today we have many different types of bulbs that give us light. So here we can see by the example that generation after generation has moved through their times always looking for an improvement, looking for a better way to live life, a better standard of living, a better opportunity to be successful in this world. 
But how can we do that when we have limitations in our consciousness? For example, mother always said, I have to clean my teeth at night or they'll all fall out. And yet you cleaned your teeth every night and you found out that your teeth are going bad anyway because of fluoride that's put in your... Whereas great-great-great-grandfather was probably cleaning his teeth with salt. So, you see, different things have different effects on the human body. And so, one of the things that's also going on with each generation is we transform and adapt to the new foods that we discover. And when we think about Magellan and uh, you know, great salesmen that are around the world uh, bargaining with different countries to bring silks and satins from one country to another, clothing changed, the types of materials we use today are entirely different from what they used 200 years ago. So we are now in the Aquarian Age, and the Aquarian Age is about transformation and change. And we're under the vibration of Archangel Haniel. Haniel's job is to bring us communication in a way where we learn to listen, to integrate and to grow and evolve in a new style, a new way. But unfortunately, we don't give up the past very easily. For example, another type of situation would be someone who's so miserable at home that they run away from home at, say, 15 years old, uh, into the streets, live on the streets, learn a lot of rough energies about the streets. Maybe boy or girl gets raped, uh, maybe violently attacked in some way, or maybe they become someone who steals and does whatever they can to survive. And you might think, well, how could they live like that? So perhaps you might imagine that they have lived in a past life in another country where they've been a thief before, so they're pulling on that. Or maybe they've been a soldier, say, for the Roman times, and they're learning to be aggressive and violent uh, in that period in history. And here they are, not knowing why or how, suddenly becoming uh, very interested in carrying weapons and trying to attack people and control situations so that they can have a better type of life. Well, we could rationalize the scenarios over and over again, but ultimately what we have to look at is the reality of what's going on in our world right now. All over the world, no matter what the destructive mode is around individuals, parents are trying to give their children an opportunity to learn in a different way. Every parent wants their child to be prepared for a future which none of us know what it will be like. So here we are in a technical age. Can you imagine just a hundred years ago in the 1800s that a um, mother would be saying to her child, now you really must learn to type on these old-fashioned typewriters because in the future there will be electronic equipment that you will have to work. No, nobody knew about the electronic equipment. But I can tell you, as a young child, I was definitely forced to learn how to press my fingers hard down on an old key um, typewriter, I can't even remember the word, typewriter, um, in order to 
print a page of words, and it was hard work. It wasn't like pressing a piano and just getting a note. This was push really hard, and it took time to train your fingers to have the muscle power to push those keys down. Whereas today, you barely touch it, and it's printing a letter. Now, one could not have imagined that, but given time with the involvement of step-by-step -step of technology, someone somewhere begins to imagine it. And out of imagination comes a desire to try to make it happen. And when it does happen, there's great joy in discovering something. And then you teach that to someone else, and that someone else has an aha moment where they think, I can take that and add to it, or expand it, or transform it in some way to be more efficient. This is part of the birthing of the Aquarian Age. Now, everyone is talking about we need more fuel, more oil from the ocean, we need more coal from the mountains, we need more wind uh, for the uh, windmills, uh, we need more, um, well, whatever you can think of, you get the idea. And what I'm hearing from the oneness and from my spirit guides is we don't need any of that in this new age because it will soon be that the discoveries of how powerful sound is will turn in a way to a different angle, a different perspective on how we look at sound so that sound will be trapped in a way that we can then resonate it, reverberate it into uh, a signal that will operate our equipment. So it would replace electricity. Our houses will be warm because of an oscillator that is vibrating an energy at a certain sound in certain kilohertz, and that will work the fans and whatever you have in your house to be cool or to be hot. and. Uh, you know, other things like cars and vehicles will begin to operate on sound. Um, I might point out here that I do know from the Greys, because those of you who know that I've written my book, My Journey into the Oneness, where I've talked about my many encounters with the Greys and other aliens throughout my life. And as a result of that, um, I know for sure, because it's my personal experience of having those encounters, that they are actually using sound, and that's why they can travel so fast from one cosmos area to another part of the cosmos. They don't talk about universes. They, they don't have that saying in their consciousness. They simply talk about the division of the cosmos in terms of angles and diameters and you know, so I, I want to say geometrical shapes. That's how they think. Now, we we do know about geometry, and we do have our children study how the angles are and what points in a circle become arcs and so on. And a lot of children don't really want to bother about it beyond art and crafts and music and things like that. But the new children being born today they are born with that kind of mind because of that extra DNA strand. And so what they're going to be doing is calculating how to trap or vibrate or resonate sound so that we can actually um, use it productively. 
Now, I will tell you this, that I'm not the only one who knows this. I did see a video online. Unfortunately, I can't give you the link because I didn't record it. But uh, somebody was doing an experiment with a drum which had sand on it and playing right next to it was a music player with sounds, music, and uh, it was connected to the drum uh, with a cable. And when the music was turned on, the sand, through the vibration and resonation of the sound, immediately pushed all the sand to form circles, triangles, squares. It was quite an amazing experiment. And I would encourage you to search for that and watch it because it's mind-blowing. But it is the future. Because once these children who are born understand how to trap it, and to work with it, to work mechanisms that will be developed, then we're on the way towards a better future for everyone across the world. Because we can all play music, we can all tap into the earth. So what are we looking at? We're looking at subsonic sounds, we're looking at normal sounds that we can hear in our range, or the sounds that animals can hear that we cannot hear. In other words, there are many sounds that we cannot hear as humans, but they are there and they can be tapped into and used. And then we have supersonic sounds that come from the universe. So all of these uh, new vibrations are keys of C. So if we have the key, major key of C, then we have da 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 you know, I'm singing here, but within that, each note is another resonation and reverberation. So when you trap into one note and you oscillate it, you can actually hear many other notes within it. That much I know. If you are lying on the floor and you om and you get the right pitch, your mind will give you the whole key of C. Or if you're singing in D, oscillating there, you'll hear the whole range of the key of D. In other words, there are many uh, flats and sharps, shall we say, just in music, in orchestra music and things like that, um, which we can tap into and use as well for technology. And there are scientists who are working on that right now. So don't be worrying about going down a mine anymore or getting oil out of the ocean because within a few hundred years we will look back and say how archaic can we have been. But then again, in the same parallel, we could look back to what we call prehistoric man and say, well, they were archaic. They had to go and get twigs and rub stones together to get a spark so they could light a fire. And most of us today can't do it because we struggle with it because we haven't been trained or we don't have the desire to do it because our mind says, I don't need to, I've got a match or a lighter. Okay, so we've become complacent with our growth throughout the ages. And coming back to the COVID now, this little lesson for us is to stop just evolving for the pleasure of having tools and toys to play with we're now learning, we need to go back to our roots. We need to understand that whatever we're doing, we should not take it for granted, but rather understand the measures of what it puts us through. 
When I was a child after World War II, um, anyone who had shoes would turn them over to the cobbler once you'd outgrown them, where the cobbler, who is a shoe mender, would completely renovate that pair of shoes and then sell them to a mother for her children or husband or whoever at a price that was economical to the times and to his ability to make those shoes look like new. Now, relativity in money is always something we've had to deal with. By valuing a dollar or a rupee or um, a mark, it depends what country we are in, we compare that with other countries and we end up with my marks are worth more than your dollar or vice versa. And then we talk about bankruptcy when we find out our money isn't worth much. So countries play off one another, and they've been doing that for thousands of years, right back before the Egyptian times. Everybody was trading something in some way. And so, for example, if I had a chicken and uh, it was alive, it's going to produce lots of eggs, which is worth much more than a chicken that was dead. So uh, the, the sales was based on survival in those days. Today, the sales are based on how long it will last and when can we get a new one, which doesn't really justify our values on the things that we do. So whether we're talking about um, medicine or we're talking about a new earphone plug or something, We've been trained to say we need it, we want it, because it's got to keep up with the times, because everything is changing. Well, right now, everything is not changing because of the COVID virus. We're locked down. We can't go to work, so we're not making more new equipments. We're having to do with the old equipments and adapt and make do. We're getting frustrated because we talk to someone on the phone and they're reading a script and they can't really help us because they're not technical, but they're paid to sit at the, the computer and read the stuff and advise you and try and be as nice as they can. More importantly, what it's doing is it's making us look at the way we live and it makes us understand how isolated we are in that we suddenly realize we're missing company we're missing conversations, we're missing inspirations through conversations, and we're missing the development of our potentials to awaken to a much better united world. When we were just so busy buying all the new equipment and running around with, like chickens with their heads cut off, as they say, uh, just got to have this, do this, must be there, got to be in time, and so on, we had no time to really be sensory to our environment. We killed Mother Earth off with her trees, with our mining and all these things. And now we're learning that Mother Earth, because we're not out there doing it, is repairing herself. So what are you learning about Mother Earth? The younger generation, they're learning. They don't want things that have been manipulated with their DNA strands. They don't want wheat that's, you know, given some kind of, uh, I don't know what we call it, but some kind of plant thing to make it grow twice as big and twice as long in its uh, own DNA structure. 
Or we don't want animals that have been given antibiotics so that they all get fat and feed fast and, and uh, kill them one animal a second. Have you ever watched how they kill the cows? They push them through a trapped, narrow thing, it barely fits in, and as they go through, this great big hammer knocks them out, kills their brain, and as they drag the carcass out, they're stripping it right there, right the moment after it's dead. And the carcass is carried off to the meat barn where it's hung up and done whatever too. And you don't think about that. You don't think about the cruelty that those animals are going through. Can you imagine you're a Jew knowing that you're going to be stuck in a gas oven and there's no way to escape? Because if you run, they'll kill you anyway. So either way, you're dead. And the fear in those Jewish people during World II, have you forgotten? Or if you're young, did you ever see the videos of how emaciated and awful those people were? If you haven't, go on YouTube and look for it. World War II, the camps, prisoner of war camps, the Jewish people, you need to know it. And then think about these cows. They felt, standing in these great big areas with hardly any food, just dirt under their feet, the fear, the smell of the killed animals, and they know there's nowhere to go. They can't get away. They're just waiting to be killed. What are they going through? What are they feeling? Their souls. And what are the people who are killing them? They become numb. They, they killed so many, they're not thinking about it anymore. They don't value the life of those animals beyond there's something they have to do so they can take money home and feed their family. What happened to the true farmer? What happened to the way we used to grow our vegetables? Well, it's time for these children who are being born with the extra DNA strand to stand up, and that's what they're doing. That's why they're voting today. It's not about politics. They, they don't want people who are going to manipulate one another. One of the things I learned about politics a long time ago is how people have got a policy they're trying to get through in the government, whichever country it is, and along comes these other people who, I'm not giving names to anyone, uh, who try and put riders on the back of a something that's trying to be passed through the government. So let's say, to make it simple, that I'm a politician and I'm trying to get computers to become one in every house so that every child can learn. Sounds good, right? But along comes someone else who says, well, I'll back your move to get a computer in every house in the land if you will back my desire to have telephones on uh, every desk, just to make it simple, okay? So now we've got two things going into discussion. And then someone else comes along and says, well, I'll back you uh, if you'll vote for me to get a computer in everybody's house and vote for the people to have a telephone, but in return I want you to back drilling oil when everybody else is saying we don't need oil anymore. There is the fight, there is the banner, there is the block. That's what's been going on in politics for years. Riders on top of riders. 
people manipulating those riders so that by the time you're riding on something, you're lost. Your particular part in the whole plan has gone out the window, so we don't have any help. They get tabled time and time again, because who's going to handle something that's carrying five or six other products on its back? And that's exactly what we see in government today. People stand up, vote for me, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, because this affects this and that affects that, and on and on it goes until everybody's so overwhelmed, all they can do is go back to their own personal feeling, I'm not happy with the way my country is governed. And I was watching Algeria the other night for two hours, so that I could see all the different countries, and I advise anyone who hasn't watched Algeria to do that right now, and just see how every country in this world has uprisings against their leaders, who are constantly trying to rule the country in the old Paishian ways of upper class or political leaders through army, navy, air force, or whatever it is, coming in and controlling the people. And the people have got to a point where they're saying, you can shoot me, you can kill me, you can do anything you want, but we still are coming, coming like a wave, and we will not stop. And why is that? Because in the oneness, we all planned to come down here at different times and different generations to create this wave. I'm a pioneer, born in a time after World War II's finished, I was already working at four and a half years old, healing the warriors and talking, yes, talking about, I want a world of unity and peace. Okay, I don't want to see people hurt, miserable and suffering. I want us all to sit down and love and hug one another. That's how I talk. And here we are, still arguing, still fighting amongst ourselves, still blaming and shaming other people for our conditions. When I heard Margaret Thatcher make her maiden voyage uh, in in uh, court, uh, in sorry, Parliament, find the right words, um, she said, "It begins at home. It begins with parents recognizing that the past is gone. We cannot step back into the past. We are here now in the present, and as people who are present, we must fully be aware." that it begins by teaching our children not to live in the past, as our memories would have a say, but rather to prepare them for the unexpected, the unexplained, to enjoy the journey of discovery and build a better world. Yes, she is a pioneer in her own way, fighting men who didn't want a woman in Parliament in England. And today, here we have women still fighting to make themselves heard in equality to men. I was giving a talk before when I talked about women who were, it didn't matter what culture you were in, if we go back to the 1800s, a woman was married off, even if she was royalty or something, to some guy who could be twice her age, who would abuse her body, and if uh, he wanted her money, after a goodly amount of time, he would abuse her, and then he would have some psychologist of the day, which is basically a doctor, 
say that she was insane and stick her in an asylum when she's not insane at all. And that way he got her money, got her estate, and she had nothing. In the same way, if a woman was on the street, she was a prostitute, someone was pimping her, and there's no different today. We still have the upper class badly treating women, and we still have women on the streets being made to prostitute. What are we fighting for? We're not fighting for womanhood. We're fighting for equality of uh, abilities. I was very happy to see a very small, petite woman, she must have been about four foot six, driving one of those great big trucks out in Iceland across the ocean. And you have to be very careful because it, the truck could go under. <laughs> I can't imagine myself doing that. What a brave woman. But hey, a man could be just as brave to do it too. But you see, there was always that idea that the men go forward and take a chance whereas the women stay home and safe and knit socks. Which brings me to the next point. How many of these young children are taught how to knit and sew? How many are taught how to cook? You know, there are so many things that these young children today want to learn to do. But with parents all working, nobody's at home to give them time. So COVID comes in again to remind us you're stuck at home. And even if you're working online, you have to find time to stop and be with your children and talk about their education and teach them yourself with preparation for the future. That's very important. So one of the things I'd like to tell you is that we are going to teach two kinds of classes, one for the adults and one for the children. And we're going to do that on easypeasysolutions.org, and we'll be doing it on Zoom. Who are we? Myself and Katie Kanawa. Uh, she's Australian, I'm British, well, American. <laughs> and so what we have to share with you is from two generations, because she's half my age. And we will give you insight into what it's like to think about the future in the different kinds of relationships. So we will be starting with home life, family life, mother to child, father to child, mixed families, you know, all this kind of thing, just with families. And then we'll talk about work relationships. And of course, many of you are not in an office right now working with colleagues, so you're missing social opportunities that allow you to be stimulated to learn more. Does it work? There's always pressure to do more. And as we do that, we understand more about ourselves and we learn to appreciate our abilities as we work. So, hey, we're all at home. And what you need to realize is this is a golden opportunity, if you're a mother or a father, to get into the arts and the crafts and learn what you've never learned before. I have uh, two people I know of locally who have actually started to play the guitar simply because they've got time on their hands and there's a guitar in their closet that's never been used. Okay, so they share it. There's a lot of things families can do. We could, uh, for example, say to children, okay, today is play day where we're going to put on a play. We're going to have a drama. The sofa is the stage, 
and mummy and daddy or whoever else is there has to sit across the room somewhere else and be the audience. And whoever's turn it is has to come on and act out a role or sing a song or do something and everybody's going to clap and encourage them to do more next time. See, being active and demonstrating your skills and talents is not necessarily just it. There are many people who have these skills and talents, but they're shy, they're insecure, they're not sure if people will like what they want to share. So by having these moments, it's a wonderful opportunity for the family to consolidate a belief that anything you do is good, because it's better than nothing. When I grew up, we didn't have television or anything, so it was quite common after the war to put a little child, i.e. me, on a table and have me sing a song I'd had to practice in order to entertain the adults. And then I got clapped a lot, and that made me feel good. And so the next time I was asked to sing, I felt better about singing and so on. So given time, I was able to allow myself to... I'm just taking my earring out because I'm realizing it's making a noise. Sorry, folks. <laughs> so any time that uh, you know, you're, you've got a spare time, make an hour or two for your children to be able to give you a show. And maybe it might be the other way around, where you and hubby or friend, auntie, uncle, Tom, anybody, grandma, grandpa, also puts on a show so that the children are entertained. Okay, if you go back in time to when uh, there was nothing, it was not unusual for family members after dinner to sing a song together or play cards um, and, you know, whatever table games they were at the time. Back through history, there's always been entertainment after dinner. So here, in our time, it's dinner watching TV. And I was watching um, a family recently watching TV, and they were just eating and eating and watching TV, and you know, it was like no communications between them, not even discussing what they were watching. Unless it's a ball game, then they're all yelling and screaming, but of course we haven't got sports now, so how are we going to converse? Sharing is a very important thing. And there are a lot of people who do not know how to have a conversation. So part of what we'll be doing when we discuss online these free talks about the different kinds of relationships, we're also going to talk about how to open up and be more confident and have a conversation without feeling you're going to be judged and condemned for opening your mouth. Not everyone's going to agree with you, but that's the part of growing. That's the part of understanding there are more opportunities to expand what you're thinking about. Some of us can be very narrow-minded and very limited because we're afraid to step outside the box. But hey, it's exciting when you step outside the box. It's like an adventure and you've got to have your eyes open, your ears fluffing like a, like a dog. <laughs> That's the way I'm seeing it in my mind because you want to catch everything they're saying and everything they're doing, and your body language is showing, hey, I want to join in. Well, you see that in the children 
But too often the parents are saying, shh, sit down, I'm watching TV, I can't talk now. Or shh, sit down, I'm talking to someone on the phone. So try and be there. Be there presently in your body, in your mind, in your heart for the young ones. And when I say young ones, you might be 70 and you've got a 50-year-old in the room with you. They're still your young ones and you've taught them how to think and feel. So if they're giving you lip back, they're giving you a mirror image of what you taught them in the old days. So you might encourage them to think about tomorrow and how to step outside of the past, outside of the box, and find new ways to be. It's not unusual when I'm doing a reading or counseling for a mother in her 60s or 70s to come to me worried about how they can help their child who's gone off you know, the tracks, as it were, and they won't listen to them and they're not doing whatever the mother wants them to be and do. Well, the bottom line is the reason they're not cooperating with their mother is because the mother is trying to make them a copy of her or a dad or grandpa. And these children are not encoded to copy. They're encoded to explore and go beyond the barriers. So we are seeing all over the world uprisings now where they're trying to get rid of the heads of states, we'll call them that for now, in whatever country you're looking at. Even the most balanced countries who've had a good political sense of leadership are crumbling. Because people are blaming the people in power for not having preparation. Now, in the form of a pandemic, there was many people talking about that when I was, oh, I don't know, in the 1980s, that one day there was going to be a pandemic. And here it is. And then we get all this silly nonsense about, you know, China invented this. No, they didn't. It's 5,000 years old um, virus. And um, the scientists in the North Pole, with their ice poles, found it 5,000 years ago in their ice things that they keep. And what did it do before? Of course, it wiped out a lot of people then. So in the overview, we need our numbers cutting down. We're 7 billion people on a planet that should probably only have half of us. Why are so many of us born during this time? Because it's a time of change. If we all just sat on our backsides looking pretty, nothing would change. So we have to have controversy. We have to have a transformation. And this virus is providing us with that opportunity for us to sit back and look at our journey individually and ask ourselves, is this what you were planning by buying all those equipment things, were you expecting that you'd live happy ever after, cuddled up to your iPhone or your computer? Or were you expecting unity, meetings with people, games with people, opportunities to grow and evolve in different ways? Myself, I've carried the dream from when I was young and I was first in school. I said very loudly to everyone I met, when I grow up, I'm going to have a big school where people are going to learn how to speak and listen to one another and heal one another. Yes, that's what I said. And here I am now looking out, saying, 
Where are those millionaires? Where are those billionaires? We need that money to build a university of alternative thinking, of alternative medicine, of alternative ways to develop uh, our sound into a vibrational energy that will heat our houses and feed our children because we'll grow crops with it as well, and so on. Sound is the essence of life. Your body is nothing but sound. Your vibration is sound. When you walk in a room, your aura is oscillating, vibrating. When you move the air as you walk, running around the park or something, you are oscillating your vibration. You are sound. You only know it when you hear your tummy rumbling or you listen to your heart going boom, boom, boom. But actually, you're a very noisy person. You've got gas in there, you've got liquid running around, and you've got muscles snapping and, and doing all sorts of bones clicking and clacking. Yes, you're very noisy. And if you're deaf, you don't hear all that, but you feel it through psychometry, the sense of feeling. And that is one of the ways you can tell that sound is going on around you. If you meet someone who's really oscillating and they're very negative, you get hot. You have a chemical, biochemical reaction of energy from their aura into your aura. Now let's say you're the negative and a healer comes to work on you. Their vibration is higher, more refined vibration because they're not negative. And when they put their energy into the person who is negative, that transforms your sound. So if I put it into music, let's say the healer is a B flat and you're a D minor, by the time you put together, you might be a G note. Okay, just to think if you understand music. So you've changed. You feel better. You feel in harmony with the person who's helped you and the person who's the healer has attuned and retuned themselves to a new note coming out of sharps and flats into a whole keynote that you need to get. That's just a small example. Our animals do the same, even ants do the same. And one of the things that Socrates said to me when I was very young was, look at these ants. They all know their place in their society. Some are bee workers, like with the bees too, and he went on to explain, the insect world has a status and it works diligently. Nobody crosses over. A soldier ant doesn't try to be a teacher ant. A teacher ant doesn't try to be a queen bee ant, or whatever it is. You know, sorry, I'm crossing over. I've got two things going on in my head here. Both the bees and the ants are very organized. And if the queen bee or the queen ant dies, they are all haven't got a job, so they have to find another queen bee or queen ant, okay? So they all go off and reformulate and go on to do whatever they have to do to survive. Well, we're in a survival mode right now. We're also watching the earth having earthquakes, floods, and, uh, you know, animals are knowing long before um, an earthquake happens, they, the wild ones, they start r rushing and herding off to some other area and the humans are still standing, standing there going, what's happening? Well, the animals feel the vibration of earth because they don't run the gamut of words and sounds in their head, so they just feel the vibrations of the earth trembling before it erupts. And 
we need to go back to that within our primary essence. We need to feel our auras. We need to feel the energy of other people's auras. But that way we know when someone's lying to us. Instinctively, immediately, without a shadow of a doubt, you know someone's conning you when they tell you that this is the best watch of all time to buy now. And it costs $2,000. Why are you going to buy it when you can go to Walmart and buy a $12 watch, okay, or whatever it is you want. So don't be bulldozed into thinking a lot of money for something means it's the best. It isn't, okay? Realize your instinct, your intuition will always tell you when something's right or wrong. And if you feel that you cannot sort those ideas out, let me help you. I can give you a private session online. All you have to do is write to me, Professor P-R-O-F Margaret, M-A-R-G-A-R-E-T, R-V-C, my initials, Rogers Van Koops, at gmail.com. Professor Margaret, P-R-O-F Margaret, R-V-C, at gmail.com. Write to me and say that you'd like a private session with me and I'll get back to you. Leave me your phone number if you're in America or leave me your um, message on Facebook or wherever it is you want and I'll answer you. I do answer you personally. Even though I have people working behind me, they tell me if you've uh, called and I call you back. So leave your phone number if I can call you or leave your email so I can write to you. All right, so I've been talking a lot about accepting that you are part of the future because you're here in this time, in the Aquarian age. So listen to the children. Listen to the fact that they want to clean up the oceans and get involved. Don't be the person that just says, oh, someone else will do it and, and I'll, I'll just watch and, or I'll just talk about it and, and hope it happens. No, you've got to be active. You've got to be out there showing people what is needed to be done. Yes, some of us like me are talking about it because we're the older generation, but it doesn't mean we can't get involved. If you're sick and ill, then your body is telling you you've been doing all the wrong things for yourself. And it's never too late to stop doing the wrong things and change and do the right things. Because when you do, your body heals. You have the gift of rejuvenation, even coming back from cancer all the way. I've been healing people throughout my life and I can tell you many, many stories where people are told, go home and die. And they go and get healing and they change their diet and they change the way they're thinking and they recover. So don't curl up in a ball and say, woe is me, nothing will ever change. You are the change, you must be the change and you must make it happen in your space, in your body, and in the, this way, you will influence those who watch you. To become a workforce of unity, uh, we're seeing this right now in rising up in young people, coming forward, mass marches to say, uh, we want changes, we want our government changed, we want our leaders changed. This is a time of change, and it's right that it is there. Now, some of you, as I mentioned earlier, might like to read my book, Donald Trump, The Enigma of Society, where you can see how the soul structure coding, the DNA and RNA, 
has been passed down through seven generations so that he could be here to do exactly what he's done, which is bring about an awareness that the American government must change. And it will change. And everything that's going on with the election right now is about change. And if you're foolish enough to think it will stay and be changed in seconds, then you're going to be disappointed. Because this is just the first step towards the real change that will happen over the next 50 years. Now, we've come to the end of my hour. I'm thanking you for listening to Journey into an Unknown World. I am happy to say that this is going to be shared on different other um, networks. I've yet to discover what they are, so I can't give you any core names. But I will say, do share this with as many people as you can. Share the link with Facebook, LinkedIn. They're the most known at the moment. But hey, you've got lots of friends, you've got family. Share it, please. So I thank you for listening. And I hope that you will follow me in the future for more classes. And do go to www.easypeasysolutions, spell exactly as you hear it, E-A-S-Y-P-E-A-S-Y-S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S dot com and sign up to come to my free talks on Zoom. Put in your email, put your name, put your phone number, and write any info you want me to know about you, such as your interests, what you'd like to learn and study, because then we'll have an idea of what's most popular, and we will give courses and classes and seminars and webinars as time goes by. The other thing is, if you have a question, write to me on www.askdrmargaret, that's A-S-K-D-R, Margaret, M-A-R-G-A-R-E-T.com. We're just getting that up now, and uh, you can go there and write to me and read some of the things, and I'm going to be teaching there as well on there as we get this site up and running. So one last thing, if you're religious and spiritual and you want to study spiritual matters, go to universalchristchurch.com, spelled out, universalchristchurch.com. This is for people who are spiritually aware and want to get qualifications as reverend practitioners or just psychics and healers. So let me help you. Let me teach you. Be well, be happy, and do keep in touch with me as often as you would like. That helps us know what you need and what you want. Blessings to you all. Thank you for listening. Bye.